welcome to the Domestic Fuel Cast, a podcast devoted to news and information about alternative fuels and energy. Produced and hosted by Zimcom New Media. Getting over ethanol's blend wall. I'm your host, John Davis. Ethanol has shown to be a good mix with conventional petroleum-based fuels, making vehicles burn cleaner while stretching our gas supplies and employing hundreds of thousands of people in the U.S. But ethanol advocates say the green fuel is running into a blend wall, where the 10% allowed by the Environmental Protection Agency for non-flex fuel vehicles is putting a cap on the growth of the industry and capping the potential to cut the amount of greenhouse gas emissions. The EPA could change that 10% rule. It is asking for comments on proposed regulations bumping the mix up to 15% ethanol. Experts say that increase will create more than 136,000 green-collar jobs, inject more than $24 billion into the U.S. economy, displace 7 billion gallons of imported gasoline each year, and reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 20 million tons per year, the equivalent of removing 3.5 million vehicles from the roads. Several advocates from the ethanol industry are encouraging people to get their comments into the EPA by the May 21st deadline and are asking for a 60-day extension of that comment period so that all the voices in this debate can be heard. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says he's been communicating closely with his counterparts over at EPA to make this rule change happen. I think we've made a difference as by virtue of that line of communication, I think we've made a difference in EPA accelerating their consideration and widening their consideration on, on the, the blend wall issue uh, for ethanol. Uh, uh, we have been insistent on the necessity of, of some greater flexibility on that uh, blend wall because we're bumping up against the wall. We're, we've got a, 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 an important industry that's sort of an infant industry that's going through a tough time now. and increasing that percentage, um, even if it's just a percent or two or even it's 15, you know, from 10 to 15 or from 10 to 12 or 10 to th- whatever it is, that's going to help, okay? It's going to create more market opportunities, and it's going it's to help. But some naysayers might try to paint a gloom and doom picture if ethanol blends are increased. Tom Bias, CEO of Growth Energy, an advocacy group for homegrown ethanol, says America's drivers can rely on higher blends of ethanol, without worrying about damage to engines and pipes. If they'll look at the research that's been conducted over the last several years, they'll find that increasing the ethanol blend from 10% up to 15% has no adverse impact on performance, maintenance, or emissions of vehicles in the road today. They can run on these higher blends because the fuel systems were upgraded 30 years ago. And Bias says that moving to a 15% blend will also allow for the growth of the cellulosic ethanol industry. He points out that there is 300 million gallons of planned production capacity that's currently stalled because of the lack of an available market. In order to get companies and people to invest in the research and technology to make cellulosic competitive in the marketplace, they have to have a market. And uh, with that regulatory cap at 10%, we don't have it. So it's vitally important that we move to E15 soon uh, so that these projects can go forward. Bias says companies with an interest in cellulosic production are putting their plans on hold. He says they simply won't make the investment if no market exists. Renewable Fuels Association President Bob Deneen points out that ethanol producers, like much of the country, have also been suffering from tight credit markets. And this could break that credit log jam. Well, I think it sends a really powerful signal to the marketplace that 
there is going to be a way through this blend wall that there is going to be a market for additional supplies of ethanol coming online, and it should open up credit markets. It should open up uh, access to financing to uh, build some second-generation facilities and to, to move forward and continue to evolve this industry as we all want it to do. Uh, now, uh, if EPA does not, it doesn't necessarily stop things in its track, but it's going to make the marketplace a far more difficult place over the next couple of years. Deneen encourages people to get their comments into the EPA by the May 21st deadline with hopes that will be extended for another couple of months. It's a great opportunity for those that support ethanol and believe that consumers ought to have options to let uh, EPA know that uh, we need to have the flexibility to utilize uh, greater than 10% ethanol. His sentiments are echoed by another major stakeholder in this issue, the people who grow one of the biggest feedstocks for ethanol, corn. National Corn Growers Association First Vice President Darren Enan says since the EPA will make its decision on sound science, he feels they're in a good position to get the percentage bumped up to 15%. But he says the EPA also needs to hear from farmers out there. What growers can do is we need to get comments into the EPA um, relating back to how ethanol is important to to growers, to their farms, to their families, how it's uh, important to economic success uh, in the Midwest and all across this country, and how it's important for energy security. And so it's very important for growers to get uh, letters wrote into the EPA as well as uh, making email comments. Uh, you can go to National Corn Growers' website. There's a link there that can, can get growers uh, to the EPA and even go to the state corn grower associations have links on their site. So it's very important that we get those comments in. His colleague at the National Corn Growers, Jessica Bennett, Director of Public Policy, believes they've got some good friends in some pretty high places in Washington, D.C. And obviously with the president in the White House from the state of Illinois, big corn state, I think there is some political will to um, move forward with the biofuels industry and try to get us beyond the 10% blend wall and maybe to the second and third generation of biofuels. Secretary Vilsack has been very supportive of the issue of higher blends. He would like to see us move beyond 10%. We've encouraged him to work with the Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Jackson on this very issue. Finally, bias from Growth Energy reminds people that not approving a higher ethanol blend is, in effect, approving burning a larger amount of non-renewable, more polluting petroleum-based gasoline. Really, it should be looked at instead of a, uh, a cap on ethanol. It's a, it's a mandate from the federal government to use 90% gasoline. And we all know that ethanol is cleaner and greener and better for the environment and creates jobs here in America. And that's why we filed this uh, waiver request uh, in order to raise that amount up to 15% uh, in order to have that uh, market uh, so you continue to have the investment and the development. Once again, comments have to be into the EPA by May 21st. We're still waiting to see if that comment period gets extended, but don't think you've got the extra time. To find out how you can get involved, go to Growth Energy's website, growthenergy.org, or look for the Growth Energy link at the top of Domestic Fuel's website, domesticfuel.com. I'm John Davis reporting. You've been listening to the Domestic Fuel Cast, the official podcast of domesticfuel.com. Check out the website daily for the latest good news about the alternative energy industry.